Welcome to the Journey to Pay Speaking Gigs podcast. Here we bring on guests in the speaking world to uncover how to find your voice as a speaker, get paid speaking engagements, and develop your speaking skills. I'm your host, Charles Clark, mental health and resilient speaker, and today I'm having a conversation with marketing speaker, Jay Bear. If you like what you hear today, check out the Journey to Paid Speaking Gigs Academy on my website, thecharlesclark.com forward slash apply, where you're going to learn everything that you need to know about how to create a successful speaking business. It's time to rise and thrive. All right, let's welcome Jay to the show. Thanks so much, Charles. Great to be here. Absolutely, man. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to dive in. Um, you know, when I, when I did the intention for season two, I wanted to make sure it was it was people who were who were serious about their craft, who made pivots in um, their career. You know, with the adjustments from being in person to doing things virtually, and and I just love uh, your, the platform that that you stand for and um, just your brand. So you know, before we get started, just let the Thrive Tribe know who is Jay Bear. Yeah, you bet. I'm a seventh generation entrepreneur. Uh, I've written six books on marketing and customer experience. Founded five multi-million dollar companies. Uh, I, I came to speaking relatively late. I didn't give a paid speech till I was 40 years old. Uh, but at the age of 48, they put me in the Hall of Fame. So I went from never getting paid to do it to getting in the Hall of Fame in eight years, which is wow. a pretty quick uh, a pretty quick turn in the business. Um, so I spend most of my time now uh, working on speaking programs around the world, and then I do a lot of uh, brand ambassador work for software companies as well. In my spare time, I like to be on the water. I have uh, a boat, and I am a uh, very active tequila influencer. So I've got a tequila education hey. TikTok channel, tequila education Instagram account, and so uh, tequila brands send me stuff to, to taste and review and all that kind of stuff. So I'm from Arizona originally, so so that's how I got into the tequila game. And then on stage, as you may ah. know, I only wear I only wear plaid suits. I have 14 different plaid suits, uh, and uh, that's my, my calling card. Hey, I, I love it, man. Uh, that's a lot of exciting things that are going on <laughs> in your life. And, you know, I, I think that gives a lot of hope for people, too, because, you know, a lot of times we think we got to have it all figured out by a certain age. But, you know, when you talk about in your late 30s and you, you're jumping into a new career, you know, what was that like? What was that turning point like for you when you knew like speaking was in my cards? It wasn't really even on purpose. Uh, I mm -hmm. wrote my first book uh, called The Now Revolution. And my co-author, Amber Naslin, and I did a book tour after that book launched. And we went to 20 cities or so and, and did events for a couple hundred people, mostly uh, marketing organizations, and they would buy books and we would give a presentation. And people would come up mm -hmm. to me afterwards and say, man, that was that was a really good presentation. You should do more of that. I'm like, should I? Now, that's not yes. 100% the path. I mean, even when I was a kid, like when I was in high school, I was the always, always the one who would MC the pep assembly and like host the talent show because I was never scared of the uh -huh. microphone at all. And, and as a young professional in my 20s, I would occasionally like twice a year go do a 15 minute presentation to the Rotary Club on what is the Internet or whatever, you know. Uh, so it's not like mm -hmm. I never had a microphone, but I never really thought that it could be a business. And people said, hey, you should do more of this. And then. Uh, a fantastic speaker. Her name's Kelly McDonald. She's still super active on the circuit. Uh, she was doing some consulting work for a company I, I worked at, and and she was really busy as a professional speaker. And she kind of took me under her wing and said, "Hey, yeah, this can be an actual job. Like, you can do this for a living." And and she kind of taught me some of the ins and outs of the business, and uh, and then it uh, kind of off to the races after that. 
Wow. Yeah. That that's pretty that's pretty dope. Um for me, I I know I didn't know speaking you can actually get paid for it. I'm like, you know, when right. when an organization had asked me like how much you charge, I'm like, what you mean how much you charge? Like <laughs> I thought About this was just something that you yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just um, you know, a little thank you be nice and <laughs> but they were like, no, nah, not how much you charge. Like so so what was your first check like, you know, when you said this is this is my speaker fee? Yeah, uh first gig was fifteen hundred. That was the first mm-hmm. first number I put out there. Um now it was different because I already had a really successful consulting company and, and yeah. had been in business, you know, for for eighteen or well, yeah, like eighteen years, right? And 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 I was working with like major brands um as a consultant and you know, had a whole a whole business. So I wasn't and because I didn't set out to make it my career. I wasn't mm-hmm. like, well, hey, you know, I'll just do whatever to have stage time. You know, it had to make sense for me to not do consulting and instead do speaking. So my relationship yeah. with, with fees and kind of opportunities and which ones you take were a little different um, yeah. because I didn't need to do it. You know what I mean? Like it, it wow. was, but then pretty quickly I said, hey, I really like this the best of all the things I do. I like speaking the best. And so then I went to my my vice president after about a year of being out there a little bit. And I said, look, here's what I want to do. I want to go from uh, a consultant who does some speaking to Mm -hmm. a speaker who owns a consulting firm. Yeah. And it's going to take us five years to, to turn that battleship for, for people to not ask for me when they come in for consulting, that they realize there's a whole team here to give me the time to be out there more. And it did, it took five years and we put together a whole plan of exactly how to do it, um, how to make it about us, not me, and et cetera, et cetera. Right. Uh, and we did it. And 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 then we spent you know the next eight years kind of running that business, right? So I was out yeah. there doing mostly speaking, consulting firm doing consulting. Um, yeah. So it 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 was it was just as much work kind of pulling myself out of my other business yeah. as it was to get into the speaking business, if you know what I mean. And, and so, did you ever see like um, a kind of a crossing between your speaking engagements and the consultant that did you try totally. to, yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, the reason that I'm a, a, a busy speaker is not that I'm a great speaker. Mm-hmm. Like I'm pretty good, but there's tons of people who are better than me. Lots of my friends are better than yeah. me, but I had 20 years of like deep, deep, deep experience in the industry as a professional marketing consultant, as a customer experience consultant, as a technology consultant, before I ever gave a presentation. And then the whole time I was becoming a busier and busier speaker, mm-hmm. while I still had all of these clients and all the lessons that I was learning every day working for them. So um, it really helps to know what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, like, especially if you're going to be a content speaker like I am, yeah. right? I'm not a, a motivational speaker or a leadership speaker. I'm going to bring you ideas of how to make your business better. Right. And those ideas are real because I actually developed them and put them into practice for Oracle and Hilton mm-hmm. and the United Nations and Jack in the Box and all these other clients. Like, you know, it's not, it's not just something I think is a good idea. Like I've actually done it. Yeah. Uh, and so having that kind of day-to-day experience – in the business, I think not only adds credibility as a speaker, but but allows you to road test the ideas. Mm-hmm. If you're going to go stand up there in front of, I was at an event last week, if you're going to stand up in front of 10,000 people and say, hey, you should change your business and do it this way, you damn well better know. Yeah. <laughs> you got to have the proof. Show me the stats. Show me the, the yep. testimony. Show me the receipts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
all day. Uh, I think I think that's Golden Tribe. Listen, if there's something that you're going to do, have the experience in doing it. If that's something that you want to be known for and a profession for, like get out there, get your feet wet. You know, fail a couple of times because I'm pretty sure Jay. You know, it took you some failures and learning learning curves, experiences to to get to the yeah. place that you are now. Yeah, I mean, one of the one of the best pieces of advice I ever got in this industry uh, was from my buddy Scott Stratton, who's a magnificent speaker, much better than I'll ever be. And when I was first getting started, I, I, I carried around the curse that many content oriented speakers carry around because I came at it from a consultant's mindset. Mm. And my thinking was, all right, I got what? I got 45 minutes. Cool. Let me tell you everything I know in 45 minutes. Right. And it was just an absolute fire hose <laughs> of information. And, and Scott saw me speak um, and he came up to me afterwards and he said, Hey man, you could actually be pretty good mm -hmm. at this if you do one thing. Said, oh man, what is it? He's like, take half of your speech and throw mm -hmm. it away. And then it'll be a good mm -hmm. speech. And I was like, huh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, and that was really, really good advice. And in fact, it changed my wow. whole career uh, because now like what most people do who, who also write books is they write a book and then they create a speech based on the book, mm -hmm. right? I do it the exact opposite. I write a speech. I go out and give that speech 50 times and get it perfect and get the stories perfect. And then mm -hmm. I write a book. And when you do it that way, it prevents the, the speech from getting too heavy because you're trying to like fit a whole book into a 45 right. minute keynote. Uh, so it's been really, really effective. And that, that's one of the best pieces of advice wow. I ever got. Well, I mean, there, there was so many jewels in that one um, sound bite right there. Uh, but to <laughs> me, you know, what I'm, what I'm getting from that, uh, and that's something that I, I definitely had to work on because, you know, I always feel like I, I want to offer so much value to people. But sometimes great value is basic information and not overwhelming yeah. people with all that you know. I mean, first of all, if if someone knows everything about you, every every bit of your content, what more do we have to give? <laughs> right, right. Uh, so you know, you know, Jay. So what I'm learning from you, man, is is really slow it down. Just take in the main pieces that you really want to share, and, and work from there. Yeah, I mean, it's just physiology, right? It, it's yeah. The the human mind can only absorb so much information at once, mm -hmm. and, and so you mm -hmm. can't you can't give them too much at a time. It seems like you're delivering value, but what you're really delivering is confusion, right? And, and noise. It's just, they can't, they can't contextualize yeah. it and they can't write it down. And, and even now I struggle with it, not so much in terms of how much content's in the program, but just mm -hmm. pace and rate. Like I speak pretty quickly as you can probably tell. Yeah. And <laughs> it's, it's it's I, I'm always trying to remind myself, like, if it sounds slow to me, it's perfect for them and, and things yeah, like that. Yeah. I just, you know, and I've been doing this, you know, I've done, I don't know now, 1200 paid programs and I still, yeah. you know, still struggle every day to, on, on some of those things. Yeah, that speed is definitely my weakness, too. Um, sometimes I'm just flowing. I'm like, it's, it's not fast enough. And and so what what you're saying is, is resonate with me. Yes. Yeah, slowing down because. Sometimes people like, yo, I, I wrote, I wrote about seven pages of content and I'm like, yeah, how do you write seven <laughs> pages? I only spoke for 30 minutes. <laughs> so, you know, that, that's pretty cool. Like, so for you, you know, when you, when you talk about, you know, you started later in your career, 30 at 30 plus. Yeah. I was almost 40. Did, yeah. yeah so when did you know, like, ah, oh, 
this this is working. This is actually working. I know you got the the re, a, award for it, but yeah. when was it like? Yeah, this it, is- I was probably that's a good question. I, I was probably, um, and again, it wasn't like I was like, hey, I got to pay all my bills, you know, from speaking initially because I had other other businesses, so that helped. Right, I can kind of ease into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was probably you know three years before I was like, all right. I think that that I could kind of make this happen. It was helpful because at the time I did a lot of work in digital marketing and social media and kind of all that jazz. And that was a really, really hot topic at that time. Mm -hmm. So a lot of conferences and events and associations and organizations really wanted to hear that story. Like how can we use social media, et cetera, to connect with our our audiences better? And I was on that, you know, I'd been doing it for years. Like, so I really could could speak with expertise on that topic. Um, So that Mm -hmm. helped, right? I think it helped me um, understand understand that I could make a living out of it because I, I, I sort of just luckily kind of hit the topics, right? You know, it's sort of like yeah. today, DEI is so incredibly popular with events and organizations, as it should be. Uh, but people who speak on, on diversity and inclusion, et cetera, that topic is so red hot right now that if you're just starting the career and that's your topic, it's a good time to start, right? And so yeah, yeah. I got kind of fortunate in that in that regard. But it was probably three years before I was like, all right, yep. This I can do this, um, you know, for a while. But look, man, even today, coming out of the pandemic, like there's a lot of great speakers out there. Even there's a lot of great speakers about marketing and customer experience. Mm-hmm. I think you're a fool if you spend one day in this industry thinking that you are owed speeches or owed anything, mm-hmm. right? Like wow, wow, wow. every yeah. single day I wake up and think, is this the last one I'm ever going to give? Yeah, because you don't know, man. Somebody's got a somebody out of all the people in the world. Somebody's got to stroke a check and say, "I want Charles, or I want Jay, or I want whoever yeah. else is is listening to the show." And you know, they're picking you out of everybody. I don't think right. you can ever take that for granted, man. Yeah, no, I I agree with you, and you know, I think for for our business and what we're doing at Charles Clark International is like, how can we make this better? At every touch point, how can we give them uh, an epic experience? Uh, because you know, like you said, I, I'm not old anything. Just because I have a name, there there's other people who might be a better fit. You know, even if they um, have spoken in lesser years than than what I have, and, yeah. and so we always have to earn earn that spot. Um, you know, as a transition, my, my next question for you is: uh, Is there any particular speaker that you have in mind? That uh, uh, that allowed you to grow your business in a drastic way. What did you see in that person? What were those tangible things that allowed you to to increase your your brand awareness and the success? Yeah, I, I think it's speakers who um, are are not afraid to kind of have uh, something that they're known for. I wrote a book called Talk Triggers, which is all about how to use word of mouth to, to, to build your business. And so for me, it's the, the mm-hmm. plaid suit, right? So I always have a plaid suit, but more importantly, the meeting planner gets to go to a special website. It's dressjbear.com. You can go there right now and they get to pick out which suit I wear. So they get to decide oh. <laughs> that, you know, they want the blue one, the red one, the purple one, the green one, the other green one, the pink one. Uh, and sometimes they want to match yeah. the logo or they want to match the conference logo or the backdrop or whatever. They just like pink, like, uh, and what, and then that, when they pick it, we wrote a little program. And so it shows up on my calendar. So I know what to pack. 
Uh, so it's like, okay. Oh, wow. Easy for you, right? Bring, bring pink suit. I'm like, cool. I can do that. So they love it, right? And the meeting planners tell each other about it. Like, yeah. they, it's, it's nobody else mm. does it. It's kind of my thing. Right. It's interactive. They love it. And, and so wow. the reason I wrote that book um, is that it works for all businesses, not just for speakers, to have a talk trigger, something that uh -huh. creates conversations. But I notice that there are speakers who, who kind of have – um, a signature element, a signature move, a signature story. In fact, I used to have a podcast that mm -hmm. I ran called Standing Ovation, where I interviewed speakers about their signature story and how they perfected it over time, mm -hmm. et cetera. So I look at a speaker like Dan Thurman, uh, a good friend of mine, terrific speaker, former president of the National Speakers Association. You know, there's a point mm -hmm. in every program that he does where he rides a unicycle and juggles stuff. It's awesome, man, because there's not a wow. lot of people out yeah. there who can do that, period. Nobody Pull that off. Yeah. Nobody else <laughs> on stage, right? And and it's not like he's like, Yeah, I sometimes do the unicycle and then sometimes I don't. Or I used to do the unicycle, but I got sick of it. I don't do it anymore. No, it's part of his program, right? And I think sometimes, yes, you should keep your material fresh, of course. But don't be yeah. afraid. If you've got a signature bit or something that people really recognize is is your essence, don't run away from it, man. Run towards it. And that's one of the things I learned, not just from Dan, but from a lot of speakers. Like, you know, don't be afraid to 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 come up with something that's yours and and keep riding that horse. Mm, wow. I, I love that. You know, finding finding your stick, you know. Like I can't do what you do, Jay, and put that on my website and let be authentically me. Um and and truly it's it's like in, in this speaking industry is is not all about copying the cat, you know, of course, there's certain timeless things that really are, you know, foundational to having a successful business. But at the end of the day, you got to be you. Yeah, you got to be willing to be brave enough to to fully embrace who you are. If you know, if you wear a certain outfit, that's cool. It, you know, if you talk a certain way, that's cool. You know, if you speak a certain language, embrace it. Yeah. You know, if, if you go onto the stage and you know you like to juggle things, that, that's you. And and people are going to see when they see it, it's going to come across as authentic. Authenticity is better than perfection. Man, so true. And, and let me let me tell you something that most people might find surprising. Mm -hmm. When when meeting planners or speakers bureaus or whomever uh, come in to hire me, they don't say we want yeah, yeah. Jay to do this program or this topic ever, ever, ever. They say we want Jay to do this because it's about it's about me and what I know and what I do, not exactly yeah. the thing I'm going to say. And I think people put too much emphasis on their topic and their exact specific things they're going to say and not enough emphasis on, well, what's your shtick, man? Like, what is your what is your brand? And, and if you say just an easy, easy test, if if you asked um, uh, 10 meeting planners who have worked with you to describe you and your presentation in three words, could they do it? And how similar would those three words be? And if they're not similar, then then it's not concentrated enough in, in their head, right? So um, you're exactly right about not being afraid to, to, to be you. Yeah. I'll tell you one of the greatest compliments I ever get. And, I, and I, I hear this a fair bit. And I love it every time. People say to me, hey, Jay, it's amazing. You're just the exact same on stage as you are off stage. Mm -hmm. Yep. And why wouldn't I be? Because if, if, if that's not true, then you're either full of shit on stage or you're full of shit <laughs> off stage. So what's the old saying? Yeah. Like, like, you know, you know, don't try to be somebody you're not that we don't have to remember the lies. Um, it's just, it's be you, man. <laughs> yeah. Big facts. Yeah. Yeah.
I ain't gonna lie, you know, that is a, a hard thing to embrace. When I started out, um, I always thought I had to to fit a certain bill um, because I was speaking into corporate spaces. I needed to wear a suit. I needed to have a tie on. But then it just, the realization for me was like, man, I don't feel comfortable in this. You know, like, not that I don't feel comfortable in a suit. I do feel comfortable in a suit. Yeah. But when I'm on the stage and I'm so dynamic, I'm high energy, like, it doesn't work for me right now. Um, of course, of course. Yeah, and, and the audiences pick up on that. Exactly. They can tell. Yeah. They can tell. You know that you know they say that dogs can smell fear. The audience can smell inauthenticity. They can smell yeah. it, right? Like they just know that they can just. It's just micro facial movements and stuff. It's just kind of how you carry yourself and your posture. Like they can tell if you're not totally inhibiting the character um, of, of what you're doing up there. So, uh, I completely agree. Like don't don't feel bad um, yep. about you. And it happens. Like I you know I've had that imposter syndrome myself. Like man, what am I doing here? Like I'm not good enough. I don't know enough. All these speakers are better than me. Like I still feel that way mm. all the time. Right. Uh, and, and, and and I've been doing this for a while now. Yeah. So good. I mean, and, and that's really cool for everyone to know, like I, I struggle with it um, and I'm pretty sure I will struggle with it again. Uh, and it, it's just something when, when you're out in the forefront, when you're out in the public, there's always something that, that goes through your mind, but the more you just tap into your authentic self, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. You know, um, you, you have six, New York Times bestselling books. Uh, that's that's a, a extraordinary, and um, just want to celebrate that that with you right now, man. Um, that's that's awesome. How, how do you use this? Is my last question for for the podcast today. How, how do you leverage that book to create more success in your speaking business? I think partially, especially in the corporate world that I typically work in, uh, meeting planners like to know that there's a book behind the speech because it, it, it sort of feels like you've done the work um, mm -hmm. and, and that there's a body of expertise underneath uh, the, the 45 or 60 minute presentation. And then, of course, in corporate events, a lot of times the book itself becomes a useful uh, adjunct to the presentation. So you can uh, give everybody a book, you can do a book signing in the sponsor's booth, those kind of things. So the fact that there is a book mm -hmm. um, just makes it sometimes a little bit easier for the event itself. Right. And that's kind of how I think about it. Right. It's like, yeah, the presentation is the presentation. But if we have the book, then we can do some things before and after the onstage presentation. Because yeah. I think of the speech isn't just the speech. Right. The speech starts the second I land in the city. Right. The speech starts. The speech starts when the, when the wheels touch the runway, because that's when I start contacting the meeting planner. And then you show up on site. And who can you meet with there? And, you know, can you do a special meet and greet with somebody like mm -hmm. people think that they're getting paid to do 45 minutes with a microphone? No, man, you're getting paid to make yeah. that event awesome. And 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 so you got to think about your role. And I think partially because I do a lot of MC work and a lot of event hosting work. And so I'm even more driven by this mentality, which is, it's my responsibility to make sure this event is fantastic. Even if there's seven other speakers, I still mm. feel like it's my responsibility, right? So when you have a book or something else that, that maybe it's a, a workbook or, or some, some other thing that you have, it just allows the meeting planner and yourself to build other mm. interaction elements inside the event itself. Um, that's one of the reasons why a lot of speakers, even though it might even be easier to just do a Kindle version or just do an audio book, they still often have the physical book just because, like you can't do a book signing in the trade show <laughs> booth with a Kindle and a copy, right? Yeah. It doesn't, I mean, it doesn't work, right? So, right. Uh, NFT uh, yeah. version of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, that's, that's it. You're like, yeah, let's just do NFTs. Like, cool. How am I going to do the book signing? Well, we can't really do that. I'm like, well, then I don't want to do it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Jay, man, I, I really enjoyed our episode today. So much I wanted to talk about, um, but, you know, hopefully the, the tribe got so much value out of this to, 
to really help grow their speaking business. So before we go, where can the tribe find you? Uh, two places, Charles. One, jbear.com is my main site, but I have a newsletter that comes out twice a month. I think it's pretty dope. It's pretty funny. There's always a, a marketing or customer experience lesson, usually drawn from my own very colorful life. Uh, there's a book review every time. There's a podcast review, usually a tequila review, a bunch of other fun stuff. If you go to thebearfacts.com, thebearfacts.com, uh, sign up. You'll love it. All right, let's get it. All right, stick around. We're getting ready to go behind the scenes. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Click the follow button to be notified for more episodes. And if you're interested in learning how to overcome the struggle of stage fright, write that life story and speech, or how to become that paid speaker, enrollment is now open to the Journey to Paid Speaking Gigs Academy. Head to thecharlesclark.com forward slash apply. It's time that you speak, even if your voice shakes. I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Peace.